For Delaware State of the Arts, I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is Jerry Wegraff, a Delaware-based actress who is currently on tour with the Broadway musical Anastasia, soon to stop at the Playhouse on Rodney Square in Wilmington, Delaware. Jerry's been seen on a number of national tours, including Anastasia and Fiddler on the Roof. Regionally, she's performed at the Arizona Broadway Theater, Surflight Theater, Beef and Boards, Fireside, Delaware's Candlelight Theater, and some of her favorite roles have included Cinderella's stepmother in Into the Woods, Parthi Hawks in Showboat, Hannah in The Spitfire Grill, Mama Murphy in Bright Star, and Julia in Lend Me a Tenor. Jerry, as we kick off here, can you tell us a little bit more about your paths as an actress? Where'd you get your start? What do you give some of uh, your success to? <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. I started in theater when I was 16 years old, and I grew up in a home with um, a lot of music and theater. My parents did community theater, so I would watch them. I took piano lessons, and I was—I loved singing. I got into the choirs and choruses in junior high and high school. And when I was in 10th grade, a couple of my friends encouraged me to audition, along with them, for a community theater production of Fiddler on the Roof. And I went, I got cast in the role of Huddle, the middle daughter, and that was the start of my life in theater. 50 years this year it's been since I did that first show, and it just instantly became a passion. I loved it. I did not major in it in college. Uh, at the time in the you know mid-70s, it wasn't really a thing that I would seriously consider. So I majored in Spanish, uh, intended to be a Spanish teacher, did not do that, ended up working in radio broadcasting, actually worked at a couple of radio stations here in Wilmington uh, for um, a number of years in the 1980s. Um, but I continued doing theater on the side as a hobby, you know, is kind of how I say it. Um, combining my full-time radio job with uh, theater once I moved to Wilmington, because my first four years in radio, I was in South Jersey and there weren't any theaters near me and my hours were crazy. So th those were four of only six years in the last 50 years where I have not done at least one show. So once I moved to Wilmington with a radio job working for WILM News Radio, I got back into theater after that four year break, started doing community theater. And then in 1986, I auditioned for another production of Fiddler on the Roof, a Players Club of Swarthmore. My mother auditioned for Yenta, got that. I got the role of Zeitel, and a guy named Paul Wiegraf was cast in the role of Muttel. And that's where I met my husband in 1986. We had our daughter, Rebecca, in 1989, our son, Jordan, in 1992. Um, we moved to Delaware. Um, I was already working here. And we moved five minutes away from Candlelight Dinner Theater. My first show there was in 1987, Oklahoma. And I've since done about 50 shows at Candlelight. So I consider Candlelight sort of my home theater. But I continued working in non-theater jobs up until 2010. Um, after I had my first child, I uh, went back to work at a nonprofit agency, and I was there for about 20 years in PR, uh, uh, account management kind of thing. And um, Paul went from being a history teacher to working at the Delaware Division of the Arts. And we were, you know, 
had a wonderful, um, you know, life uh, raising our kids. We got our kids involved with theater. We were all doing theater uh, in addition to work and school. And over a span of 10 years, until our daughter went off to college, uh, starting when the kids were five and seven, the four of us did theater at constantly. And uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful um, upbringing for the children. It was a shared passion that we all had. And that brought me up to the time that I started doing theater at this level of tours and regional theater. That was when our son went off to college. So that kind of started what I see as sort of my third phase of life. Empty nester. Paul and I uh, uh, were up in Syracuse, New York um, in August of 2010. It was freshman orientation week for our youngest. And I had gone up for an audition the first time I ever did this. Uh, auditioned in New York City for, again, an, a Fiddler on the Roof production. This was the national tour. I totally did it on a whim. Never thought anything like this would happen. And while we were up in Syracuse for freshman orientation week, I got a call saying um, I was being offered a role in the national tour of Fiddler. That was 12 years ago. And I that tour lasted for two years. And uh, when I got back from that, you know, in my mid-50s, I was like, well, I kind of always dreamed about doing theater as my main career. I never did do it, but now's the time. I didn't go back to my non-theater jobs and I started doing theater full time. And um, here we are <laughs> now my second tour. <laughs> what are some of the skills or the transferable skills that you saw theater or the arts really instill in your, your students, your, um, your kids, your family? Oh, I think theater uh, allows people to develop um, so many skills that they can apply to any number of jobs. Uh, everything from uh, cooperation, listening skills, working with people of different ages. I mean, my kids, when they were, you know, eight, nine years old, were castmates with people my age. Discipline social skills, um, memorization. I mean, uh, our son, who now is, uh, went back to school to become a nurse in his valedictorian speech recently, he talked about how, you know, his ability to memorize lines quickly helped him to memorize all of the bones and muscles in the body. <laughs> but just so many, so many skills. Yeah, I, I truly feel that people who are in theater can you know, pivot to many, many different careers. You've been with this national tour since it kicked off in September of 2021, which is fresh off of the reopenings of the theater world post-COVID. What have some of your favorite moments on the road been in that short period of time? I say short, it's been two years, but it <laughs> feels short. Been about a year and a half. Oh, so many favorite moments. I mean, some of them relate to my family. For instance, we got to perform in Philadelphia at the Merriam Theater Thanksgiving week of 2021. And I had so many friends and family members come to see me there. So just meeting everybody at the stage door that whole week was just so wonderful. My first grandchild was born during a Saturday matinee in Norfolk, Virginia. And I, the memories of that show are, are so emblazoned in my in my mind. It was just such an exciting, exhilarating day. I'll never forget. 
you know, there are funny things that happen, you know, crazy shows that I kind of remember where we had like every swing on and male swings doing female swing tracks, split tracks, um, beautiful theaters, um, amazing audiences, sightseeing that I've been able to do. I saw Niagara Falls. I walked to the border in Mexico when we were in El Paso. It's just incredible. It's just sort of like this one big, you know, kind of huge blur in my mind that I will treasure. And unlike other roles in the cast that might have switch outs throughout the run as uh, actors or actresses age out or move on to new contracts, you've been with the tour from the very beginning of this run. Yes. Yes, I have. So you've seen a number of different actors make their way in, and I'm assuming have also been kind of like the the show mom, right? Where you've been gathering everyone together, making sure everyone's all right. Um, in these moments, do you really start seeing the show family emerge? Oh, absolutely. There's no way that we can't be as close as we are being together essentially 24 hours a day. Sometimes you feel like you're in a little bubble, not realizing what's what's out beyond us, but Yeah, just, you know, traveling on the bus together, being in airports together, you know, uh, (laughs) lunches uh, out here and there and uh, being at the theater uh, almost every single day of our lives. You just you get so close. And absolutely. I mean, even I remember, you know, the tour that I did 10, 12 years ago, even though I don't see um, those castmates very often, I, I still feel so connected to them. I want to take a minute here just to remind our listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Jerry, you had mentioned earlier in our chat that Wilmington, Delaware is actually the, the 100th city that the tour will be stopping on and in the 38th state. Uh, that feels exhausting just to say, but to actually do, I can only imagine. You had mentioned some of your your favorite moments there, right? Niagara Falls, the the border. But talk to us as a as a person that's now in their third act, found this this new not new love, but this new career path. Did you ever think you'd be in thirty eight states in the course of two years? No, I really never thought I would do another tour again. I mean, I never thought I'd do a tour. To begin with, because that just was not on my radar screen back when we were raising our kids. Never even crossed my mind. Thought I would continue my life working uh, a full time job somewhere and doing, you know, going to rehearsals at night and shows on the weekends. So it, I really feel like it's it is an, a dream come true because of my age and the fact that there just aren't too many roles, especially in touring shows for women, you know, over the age of sixty. I, I truly did not think I would ever do a tour again. In 2017, we saw Anastasia on Broadway. Little fun fact, my future daughter-in-law was in the original cast of Anastasia on Broadway. (laughs) So my son, when he started doing his theater career after he graduated, he has had a BFA in musical theater. He met a woman named Sissy Bell and they started dating and now they're getting married in March. Sissy was in the original cast of Anastasia on Broadway. When I saw that show, I saw that role of the Dowager Empress and said to myself and probably my family members with me, oh, that role, I would love to play that role someday, never thinking I really would. Um, So right before COVID, we didn't know COVID was going to shut down the entire theater world. But in early March of 2020, Lo and behold, there was an audition notice for the national, the second national tour of Anastasia. And 
I was like, oh, I have to audition for the Dowager Empress. So that's how it started for me. I, I was so excited, you know, um, to go out for this role. I went up to New York City for the first in-person audition and then COVID shut everything down. They tried to, they continued with callbacks by video. I submitted my material for the callback by video on March 18th of 2020. And then I did not hear a thing for a year and a, and a month. And totally, you know, as we all wondered, is theater ever going to come back? I completely put it out of my mind, completely. And then April of 2021, I got an email saying, we're going to try to start this process up again. Are, are you still available? Are you still interested? I said, yes and yes. And make a long story short, uh, they invited me back for a, a final in-person call back in New York City um, in July of 2021. And two weeks later, I, I got the offer. Kind of goes to show the the determination and the grit right needed as we look at the industry as a whole reopening, but especially as actors just make their way back out. You may put a, a video out and not hear anything for years, as we've seen in, in this case with the touring sector tours materialize and sometimes disintegrate in the matter of weeks, right? As, yeah. as theaters um, decide what their seasons can be. And so, A, I'm just thrilled that uh, there have been enough theaters to keep this tour running so yes. that we can see you locally when you come here. But also just that the the audiences have welcomed touring productions and any production really back into their hometowns as as we've reopened here. Um, in just two weeks, you'll be taking the stage locally here at the Playhouse on Ronnie Square, which is in the old DuPont building in Wilmington, Delaware. How does that feel to come home? I am so excited, beyond excited. I've never performed at the Playhouse. I've seen many shows there. And uh, it, it just means so much to me to to be able to to come to the hometown audiences. Tell us a little bit about the plot of Anastasia and what audiences might expect when they show up. Anastasia tells the story of a young street sweeper in Russia. Her name is Anya, and she doesn't know who she is, but she has a feeling that somebody who loves her very much is waiting for her in Paris. So she sets out on a journey to find out more about who she is, where she came from, where she's headed. She runs across two charming con men who believe that she would be the perfect candidate to groom to be the Grand Duchess Anastasia because 10 years before, uh, in Russia, the entire Romanov family, Tsar Nicholas, his wife Alexandra, and their five children were executed by the Bolsheviks. And there were rumors, and this is true, actually, in real life and in our show, that the youngest daughter, uh, Anastasia, survived. So most of the, the action in our show takes place in 1927, 10 years after the execution. And there are all these rumors, you know, is she alive? Is she not? And these two con men run across Anya and think that, she, you know, she would be great to, to uh, teach her to, to be Anastasia because Anastasia's grandmother, the Dowager Empress, has put up a reward for her safe return. Uh, so they, they set out on this, you know, adventure to uh, take her to Paris to try to pose her, you know, put pull her off as the uh, the Grand Duchess. And also in the meantime, there is a Bolshevik officer who is pursuing Anya. If she truly is Anastasia, he has, has orders to do away with her. 
my character at the beginning of the show, uh, it's 1906. And um, I am giving my young granddaughter, little Anastasia, who's about five or six at the time, a music box to remember me by because I am leaving to go to live in Paris. So that music box also plays plays a big role in the show. Act one is all in Russia. Act two is all in Paris. It is a gorgeous show. In fact, it's been described as one of the most gorgeous shows in years. The costumes are dazzling. The choreography is exciting. The characters are compelling. We have digital projections that will transport the the audience members. It almost feels like they're watching a movie. So lifelike. Uh, They'll feel at one moment that they're on the streets of St. Petersburg with the streetlights and clouds going by or zooming up uh, the Eiffel Tower or riding on a train. It's just spectacular. Are there any particular moments of magic in the performance that you love? And clearly we know a few of them there just by the passion that you told us. Well, one little glimpse of the digital projections and the lighting and the music and the dancing is the song Once Upon a December is connected to the music box. And it's a motif that repeats um, uh, through the course of the show. But in Act One, there there is a moment where um, Alanya is is given the music box by one of the con men, and and when she opens it up, all her memories you know burst forth, and they're on the streets of Saint Petersburg. But the digital projections make it m- melt into the palace and a ballroom, and ghostly figures floating above them as she sings this glorious production, you know, number of Once Upon a December and and the, the ensemble comes out in their glittery costumes of, you know, the 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 dynasty. And um it's it's just it's just amazing. What do you love most about your character as it relates to the Dowager Empress? I love that she has so many layers of emotion. At the very beginning of the show, when she's with her little granddaughter, you just see the compassion and the caring and the love that she has for her. My character, the Dowager Empress, and in real life, she's just a very loving, caring person, very charitable. But then when her entire family is executed and there are years and years of imposters, and this truly happened, that come forth trying to say, I am Anastasia, she just becomes so bitter and cold and hardened so that in the second act, I, I am just so grief stricken, my character is so grief stricken that, you know, constantly battling between wanting to hold on to that shred of hope that Anastasia is still alive, but not wanting to hope because it's so painful. So I think that's probably what I love most about the character. As you think back on your time on the road and your time prepping, right, to go on the road, Do you have any advice for actors or actresses looking to break into the world of either touring performances or just getting into the field in general? Oh, goodness. Be yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. You know, you have the talents that you have. And, you know, when you're in an audition room, you know, all you can do is just do your best. You know, don't don't think about other people. Don't compare yourself to other people. Once you're you're in shows and on the road, gratitude is, I think, my my biggest thing. You know, it's it's easy to kind of fall into negative thoughts and you know complaining and things like that. But I always come back to the fact that I'm so grateful. And I think you know once, and I think that's almost with everybody in any you know phase of life and and wherever you are. Just just remembering, you know 
how grateful you are and, and how tough the business is. And, you know, that there are a lot of people out there who are, you know, still trying to, to break into the business. And if, if you are working, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Well, Jerry, we've come to the end of our time. So I just want to thank you for joining me today. If you're interested or thrilled to see her back live on stage, you can catch Anastasia at the Playhouse on Rodney Square from February 9th to the 12th. Tickets can be purchased online at theplayhousede.org or by calling the Grand's box office. Jerry, thank you so much for being with me today. Delaware State of the Arts is a weekly podcast that presents interviews with arts organizations and leaders who contribute to the cultural vibrancy of communities throughout Delaware. Delaware State of the Arts is provided as a service of the Delaware Division of the Arts in partnership with News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. The Delaware Division of the Arts, a branch of the Delaware Department of State, is committed to supporting the arts and cultivating creativity to enhance the quality of life in Delaware. Together with its advisory body, the Delaware State Arts Council, the division administers grants and programs that support arts programming, educate the public, increase awareness of the arts, and integrate the arts into all facets of Delaware life. To find out more about the division, visit arts.delaware.gov.